Welcome to the Tell It As It Is podcast, your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Griffin Youngs. My life is an active danger. There is a tornado warning outside, but as they say in the business, the show must go on. So if you hear a bunch of random crashes and screaming, uh, just know it's the tornado ripping through my home. I'm joined by Christian Belay. He's sick and dying. We're both doing great. Christian, how you doing? Uh, I'm battling a cold. Um, it's a real, real hockey player mentality that I'm podcasting through it. So uh, if I sound a little nasally or if I you hear some random coughs throughout the episode, just know I'm, I'm fighting a cold. Um, hopefully back a hundred percent by game one. Yeah. So if you you hear a bunch of random noises throughout the episode, uh, Christian hacking up along uh, a tree branch ripping through my window, just know it's par for the course. We're just going to keep going, you know, if it gets too loud, loud, we'll just, you know, we'll mute and fix the problem and just hop right back on. You know, there's, we got no time for this. We're professionals. Yeah. We're professionals. And uh, just kind of like most abs content creators, we got a whole lot of, uh, nothing to talk about for these next couple of days, but it's not going to stop us. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of hoping a tree branch rips through my window here. Cause yeah, I'll, I know. I'll have something to talk about. That's new and interesting. Yeah. Uh, Cause we potentially from right now still have 10 days until the avalanche play another hockey game, depending on how the Eastern conference final between Tampa Bay and New York goes, that series is tied two to two. And if that series goes seven games, we are looking at the 18th for a starting date and if tampa or new york wins two straight games we're looking at the 15th 15th or 16th so best case scenario is we play in eight days um judging off how this new york uh tampa bay series is gone like it just screams seven like i i don't know about you it just kind of screams seven right now um and tampa bay they not even strength they are pretty dominant right now yeah, they're pretty dominant, but you got to imagine the Rangers are going to get more calls on home ice. I mean, so, you generally think so. Yeah, I mean, what the old adage is a series doesn't start until a road team wins. So, um, we haven't had Carolina that Hurricanes. Yet. Yeah, I mean, the Hurricanes, it didn't happen all last series. Could happen again uh, this series. Um, if you were to ask me right now, I think Tampa gets it done in seven. I just trust their their talent and their – previous pedigree to pull them away, but you never know. Igor Shosturkin could just go out and make a 60 save shutout. Like it's possible. It's not yeah. crazy. I'm, I'm with you on that. I think Tampa Bay does win it in seven. I think the Rangers gave themselves a good cushion being up two to nothing, but now Tampa's kind of, they figured it out now at this point, they've got their legs back under them and they're feeling good about themselves. The Rangers can win one game out of three for sure, but it's going to take a, Herculean effort to beat Tampa to beat the defending champs. I think you can't give them any room at all. 
no, like they had to have win one of these two games in Tampa and they just, they couldn't do it. And I mean, we've kind of been saying it all year. The Rangers are a terrible five on five team. They've been terrible in these playoffs and Igor Shosturkin's bailed them out and he's not playing bad by any measure. It's oh. just the lightning are just coming at them in waves and it leads to the series against the abs. If the abs face the Rangers five on five, it wouldn't shock me if there's games where it's 50 to 20 in shots and the abs went two. Yeah. And an avalanche versus Rangers series is the avalanche versus Igor Shesterkin. It's, it's that simple. I mean, Mika's advantage adds good. The Rangers, they have guys that can score, but going head to head against the avalanche at even strength, they're going to hope and pray Shesterkin makes 50 saves a game. I mean, the abs have averaged 40 shots every game in these playoffs. Like they're going to get their shots. They're going to get their five on five chances and they're going to get their power plays and against the Rangers. That's to me, is just a ticking time bomb, but I've been saying that about the Rangers all playoffs. They're I mean, like outside of Nashville, we've played so many good power plays in these yeah. we've played St. Louis, we've played Edmonton and then potentially the Rangers up next. Isn't, isn't that like the top three? I think it's the top three, but the thing is the abs don't take a bunch of penalties. Right. So I, uh, I would like if I'm strictly just going off a non-stressful series, I would rather face the Rangers just because we are so much better than the Rangers. I, I think that's maybe a five, six game series, the lightning, you really could talk me into either way being winning. That's, that. that really is. I think just one of the only teams in the league that I'm like, I don't know. I can't guarantee victory here. And that excites me a lot. I really want that to happen. I really, I want to be the team that ends that three-peat so badly, so badly. You have no idea. And just judging off these past couple games, I think we're going to get that opportunity. I really, I really hope that we do. And also just on the opposite side, you know, you look at the worst case scenario, if you lose, you lose to the back-to-back champs in the final, you're not going to get a ton of crap for that. If you lose to the Rangers. Oh, yeah, you get some crap for that. Well, I mean, also just like when you turn on NHL Network in the offseason, they show the, the, what was it, 1994 documentary where they won the cup every day. I feel like it's once a week. It's every day. I feel like I've seen that thing seven times against my will. I don't want to be the Canucks in that. No. No, and I don't think we would be. Just the way the Habs are playing right now, I think the only team that could stop them is Tampa Bay, and that's just because of Andre Vasilevsky. And I think and I still the only, think the Habs would get their chances, but Vasilevsky's Vasilevsky, man. I think the only team that can stop Tampa is the Habs. I think it's a, a double-edged sword both ways. I think Tampa's the only team that can beat us, and I think we're the only team that can beat Tampa. I think this if this happens – this would be one of the most fascinating series. In it would be years. fascinating, but we saw the lightning. They struggle with speed. Like the Rangers. Do, the first but two that's games, what also makes it interesting. But when Tampa finds their game, they can drag a game down to their level and essentially just do whatever they want in the playoffs. But the abs can do that too. Yeah. I mean, really, if, if this does happen, this is obviously not the case yet. It's a two, two series. What would be a more interesting final that we've seen over the years? I mean, Washington and Vegas was pretty interesting. You have the team that can never win versus an expansion team. That was a fun story. But, like, outside of that. Maybe the Chicago-Boston series? Maybe, in terms of, like, original six. Yeah. I mean, Boston was far from Tampa's pedigree of unstoppable. We'd be like we'd be like the Blackhawks in that scenario, just without the first cup. And 
I don't know. Like I'm, I'm not saying this just because it's the abs in the final. I'm thinking like just in terms of matchup, a more interesting series, like hindsight's always 2020. I mean, like coming into the series, a more interesting one. Yeah. No. Yeah. She's squeaking toys. Like let's just add that to the list of things we're doing. Um, but I, uh, I really do think it's going to be a uh, interesting series of way Tampa Bay, if New York, I, I think it, I don't think the games be very exciting just because the abs would dominate probably every game. Like that would be more frustrating to me playing the Rangers. Cause we'd outplay them every game, but it, just it would different. feel like every other series we've had. Yeah. If I have one gripe with the playoffs and it is such a spoiled brat fucking comment, it's been too easy so far. Yeah. Too long. Coming like, into every series. Like we are so clearly better than the team we're playing. If we lose to them, it is plain, dumb luck, plain, dumb, bad luck. Something went horribly wrong. Against the Rangers, are they better than St. Louis? No. I, I wouldn't think so. St. Louis, like, they're analytically not fantastic, but they could finish their opportunities like no other. I mean, the Rangers are clearly, especially if we play them in the final, clearly not a bad team. No. But going up against Tampa Bay, that's a series where I'm like, we could feasibly lose and just have it be genuine and not have it be, like, anybody's fault. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, yeah, I, I I think the East got a little overhyped just because they had 800-point teams. I don't think there were that many great teams in the East this yeah, year. Yeah, in hindsight, there there really wasn't. The Caps, I mean, everyone hyped them like 100 points, 8 seed, and they weren't that good. No. And Florida, one of the biggest paper tigers I've ever seen in the regular yeah. season. That's And I'm that's coming from me. I've seen my share. And – Carolina, I mean, I don't know. There was something about them coming down the stretch that just didn't feel right, did it? I mean, when Freddie got hurt, it was... Well, even before that, it just seemed like there was something missing from them and that something was just going to stop them. And Toronto's Toronto. We don't need to go too far into them. Tampa is Tampa, and they're just an unstoppable machine. And the Metro, I mean, I really think the Penguins got a raw deal. Oh, yeah. I really, I really think they should be where the Rangers are right now, and I think they would be giving Tampa a hell of a series right now. I mean, if Pittsburgh is not beating them. Pittsburgh was a great team. Like, they they got just terrible injury luck at the worst time. I mean, they were uh, playing Louis Domingue in, yeah. in the entire series ever since the overtime of game one. Yeah. They were playing their third-string goalie. It went – seven games and the seventh game they had Tristan Jari with a broken foot playing and they dominated that series and lost yeah, and blew multiple leads not to totally let them off the hook. I do not like the Penguins. I do not want there to be a misconception about that, (laughs) but they blew some leads in that series too. It's their own fault. Yeah. It's their own fault, but I mean, they took advantage of the Rangers. You got to give them credit. They beat who was in front of them. They're in the Eastern conference final. And I just judging off these past two games, I think Tampa's kind of figured it out. I do too. I mean, uh, I, I mean, when the Rangers won the second game, I started to have some questions, but now it's kind of washed away, isn't it? They lost two and then they won two. So yeah. now we're kind of just back to square one again and the Rangers have home ice, but I, how can you look at this right now and see everything that Tampa Bay has done over the last couple of years and be like, yeah, I'm going to give the edge to the Rangers. Yeah. I mean, Vasilevsky was shaky in the first two, and he was great 
and correct. Yeah. I mean, and Igor was pretty solid in the two games on the road as well. But you look at the goals the Rangers scored, they blew a two nothing lead in yep. game three. And the one goal they scored in game four came on the power play with three minutes left. Yeah. And both of their goals in game three, I just remember this now, were on the power play. They yep. have not scored an even strength goal since the third period of game two. I, you're not, saying you're, you're not this, beating Tampa without five on five. Yeah. You cannot rely on your power play. And we're saying this before game five. It would not shock me in the least if the Rangers win game five. No, not. I mean, it's a home ice thing. I wouldn't be shocked if Tampa goes down three. They were down three to Toronto. It's not a big deal for them. Like, I, it just doesn't surprise me. I mean, it takes a lot to kill a champion. Um, I personally, just for matchup wise, like, if I just want to win the cup, which I do, I, I'd rather face the Rangers just because I think that. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, the, the Rangers are the easier matchup yeah. at the end of the day. That's just what it is. But that's just, I don't know. Tampa excites me. It gets my heart pumping. It gets my blood flowing. I love the idea of that series. And, man, imagine beating them in the final. Imagine doing that and lifting the cup on home ice after knocking out the back-to-back champs in the final where they've shown like they're not out of gas. They're not too old. It's not like beating them in like the first round where they're injured and batter. This is a team that was ready to win three straight and you beat them straight up. Yeah. I mean, we beat them twice this year with Vasilevsky and net. Um, Those were two great games. Yeah. They were great games. The Rangers game. The first one, I think the Rangers were on like their fourth string goalie. If I remember right in New York and the Avs beat them like seven, three coming off that Toronto debacle. Um, And then the second time at home, I believe Georgiev was in net. I believe. I'm I don't blank on started. some of those games, but I remember the Truba thing on McKinnon. I remember yeah. that very clearly because I am vindictive. <laughs> so that would not be very fun going up against him again and have him throwing his chicken wings out there again. Hasn't given a player on Tampa a concussion yet, but there's yep. still plenty of time. Still two games minimum. So I... Uh... I, I, I would, I'd be fine with the matchup either way. I think we can beat both teams. The easier one is definitely New York. And you were right about game was Adam Huska in game in for the Rangers in that first game. I don't remember what was going on with just COVID. Uh, Yeah. Because that was a thing in December for everybody. And what was this other one? Like at home two nothing three to one. And the Rangers may have won late. Machushkin, empty netter. No, not even the empty netter. He just beat Adam Fox now, now that I'm remembering that right. That was with Georgi Evanets. We have not played Shesterkin this season. And, like, Shesterkin's the best goalie in the league this year. So it's going to be a fun goalie matchup. Um, If we kind of. No no matter how you slice it, the other team has the advantage in net. Yeah. Darcy Kemper's a total wild card right now. Yeah. And we can kind of pivot to that because in. I can't remember if Bednar was talking to the press today or yesterday, but he basically was non-committed to a goalie to start. He said both of them are healthy. Um, and I think we're both kind of on the same page. I think if Frankie was going to start, he would say that. But now that he's kind of wishy-washy about it, I, I think it's going to be Darcy Kemper game one. I mean, I don't think he would say anything, even if it was Frankie. I also just think he doesn't need to make a decision right now. He's got 10, he's got potentially 10 days to figure it out. He's not going to leak any hands early. But I, to me, it sounded like he was leaning towards Darcy. I wouldn't be shocked if it's Darcy. Darcy's the one that got you there. Yeah. Uh, it's your starting goalie, the guy you rode all season. And now he'll have 
almost three weeks to fully heal his eye and everything and fully get back and prepared, it'd be tough not to go to Kemper. Yeah. And I mean, we, we saw how good he was before he got the stick in the eye. He was great in the playoff, the two games he played. And then you could tell he was still battling it a little bit in the St. Louis series, but like you just said, three weeks off to rest. He should be back to normal. And if things go south fast, you have Frankie who just won you the Western conference. So I don't think it's a bad idea either way. Um, For me as just a podcaster, I would probably lead towards Darcy. I mean, at least he's, he's closer to Igor Shosturkin and Andre Vasilevsky than Pavel Francis is. Right. At least, at least when fully healthy, but he's, he's going to play mind games the entire time leading up to get, we're not going to know until either morning skate that day or whoever stays on the ice for warmups for game one. So we're simply just not going to know. I'd go with Kemper. I know Frankie was, it's insane that we won a Western conference final with our backup goalie in net and won it in four, which is, it's so this funny whole, to me. This that whole run has been crazy. Yeah. It was funny to me because blues fans were like, Oh, if Benny doesn't get hurt. It's like, yo, our, our starting goaltender was out and we won. Or, yeah. We won in four. Like you guys had Vili Huso, who was your starter coming into the playoffs play against us and you lost. And apparently now that's an excuse. Okay, well, we had to deal with the same thing against the Edmonton Oilers, and they didn't win a single game. I mean, Frankie was – he was okay. I mean, game four, I don't think the team in front of him was great. Game three was great. Game two I thought was the best defensive effort, but we talked about this. I think Frankie's game is more conducive to not taking shots for 15 minutes at a time than Darcy's is. Yeah, I think that's so. exactly right. I mean, Darcy seem, is always the kind of guy that needs to be – locked in and Frankie probably not the kind of goal you want to give up 40 shots against, but if you give him 20, give you a pretty good performance out of it. I mean, game two, obviously a shutout game three, he let in one bad goal game four. He wasn't perfect, but neither was the team in front of him. He was good enough to get the job done. Yep. He made the big saves when he needed to. You're not, you're just, you're not going to get away with that kind of stuff against either Vasilevsky or Shesterkin where either Frankie or Kemper has a bad night odds are that's probably going to result in a loss. You're not playing Mike Smith anymore, but still the fact that you're in a Stanley cup final and you had to ride your backup goalie for four games to get there. And you pretty good. it's pretty good. Pretty good. I'd say. And now you know that you have two viable options in net if something happens. Yeah. I mean, Frankie's confidence has to be at an all time high and Darcy has something to prove. So yeah, Darcy's got a lot of money on the line in this series. Assuming he does start, he is an unrestricted free agent, had a great regular season and just took a stick to the eye and his playoff numbers have not been pretty. He has a great Stanley cup final. He beats Shesterkin or Vasilevsky head to head and hoists the Stanley cup, whether it's with the abs or otherwise, he is going to get paid because he's the best goalie on the market right now. Oh, without a doubt he is. So I mean, we're really going to find out a lot what the abs goaltending of the future is going to be because, like you just said, Darcy has a big series. Maybe the abs are more conducive to re-sign him, but if he struggles, I mean, the abs may have some decisions to make. If Darcy Kemper wins you a Stanley Cup, he is coming back. Yeah, He will not be leaving. I can say that right now. If the Avalanche win a Stanley Cup and Darcy Kemper is the goalie that wins it, He'll come back no matter the price. You don't let that guy walk. You don't let your starting goalie that hoisted a Stanley Cup walk away. I agree. It doesn't happen. 
I agree, but it's going to be an interesting series for sure because obviously you're playing for the goddamn Stanley Cup. And second off, you're trying to figure out what you're going to do next year because this team's title window is wide open right now. I think so, I think that's my favorite part is like we could very feasibly be back here next year. Without a doubt. Like totally putting cart in front of the horse right now. But this is what year three of the realistic cup window. Yes. Like the first run to the second round, we were a wild card team. That was not really the opening of the cup window. The first bubble year, that was like, okay, we have a real shot at this thing. You had two kicks at the can, you lost. And this is year three of a, a window that has at bare minimum three more years. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. As like, um, I know everyone brings up the McKinnon contract and everything, and he's going to need an extension after next season. As good as EJ's been in these playoffs, he's coming off the books in two years. That's if you give McKinnon 12, there's your extra $6 million right there. And I honestly wouldn't be shocked if McKinnon takes like 10 or 11. I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, Especially if you can win a cup. I mean, after this season i mean i don't i don't think he's going into next season without a new contract you you okay. simply do not have that hang over your head for that for the entire season where your superstars and upcoming ufa after you just went to the stanley cup final he's gonna get his extension this summer i don't think it's anything less than i think 11 is the friendliest we're gonna get i think 12 i still think 12 is friendly honestly at this point but, it is but 13 is very feasibly almost. we're talking either way he's doubling the salary he's, he's <laughs> like i'm saying like if he doubles his salary from the six that it is right now to 12 you have one more year of eric johnson and that by the time that contract kicks in for mac EJ's off the books as great as EJ's been great of a trooper as he been maybe he comes back for cheaper but that six million cap it comes off the books and that's before you've made any moves yeah if the abs win the cup this year or next year I think EJ would probably take like a veterans minimum he's made his money if he yeah. wants to actually compete for cups or if he wants to go play more he can yeah and the guys um, love it the team loves him here like that like that is the kind of player that would take a discount yeah. And you're talking about the abs, like we're way projecting. This is probably stuff we should save for the off season, but your entire core after the summer when McKinnon signs his contract is locked up and Landis Gog's the oldest at what? 28, 29. Yeah. He like, is 29. Yeah. Like you're like, I just agree with you. It's minimum three more years of this window. being Right. You have three more years of ranting and after this, then he's a UFA. That's really when, things at very first could fall apart. Maybe two once Taze is up, but two, three more years of this exact team. And with Joe Sackick at the helm, not I mean, that worried. Look at the moves he's made. Like he's, he the guy, make the right like, that's why I'm not worried. Like, that's why I look at a championship window for this core as like no less than five years. Like the, the number that comes to my head is like eight. Like by the time these contracts expire. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. I mean, you look at like teams in the past, like the Blackhawks, like they had Kane and Taze, but the rest of that team was full of like aging veterans. Right. And, and you know, like it's also not crazy to say that we could be a team like the Penguins or the Capitals or the Lightning, whose championship window is just constantly open for the next 15 years because we have some of the best players in the world and you just make it work. So that wouldn't shock me, but I agree. Like this is, this is the time to win cups in these next three years. Yeah. And here, um, you, and no better opportunity than right now in the Stanley cup final. In the Stanley cup final. I am 
it, it's truly a crime against humanity. We have to wait 10 more days. I know it's like, like, it's like that emotional hit of like, wow, we made it. Oh God. Okay. Wow. We've got yeah. at least a week left until game one. Yeah. Game one. Um, the only cool thing I thought is the NHL is going to be front and center, man, because the yeah. NBA finals should be over by then. Yeah. Like, on right now, it's already game three. So like, it'll be over. And the NHL is going to be front and center on ESPN. And especially, I, I, it's really a win-win for the NHL either way, whether it's New York or Tampa, because you either get New York in there, that's a massive market, the, the biggest market in America, yep. or the two-time defending champs. That's a win either way. That's going to draw some eyes. Yeah. I mean, I, I really, you, look at, you look at how successful these playoffs have been on ESPN and TNT. It's not out of the realm of possibility that these could be the most successful finals ever. Probably. In terms of viewership. I mean, we are crushing last year in terms of viewership. If you get the Rangers in there and you actually market Nathan McKinnon and how good the Avalanche have been, if this series runs deep, like to six or seven, that could feasibly be one of the most watched games of all time. I agree. I think NBC, if they would have had another year, because I think we're, and we're really, better at their yeah, jobs. I, I think what would have really helped them is ESPN's had ESPN plus, which everyone seems to have. And it's worked really well for NHL. I think if NBC could have put some games on Peacock and kind of grown it from there, I think they would have been better. I still kind of miss NBC's production of the games. I just got so used to it. I don't think ESPN does a very good job. No, TNT does a much better job. TNT is much better. But ESPN is front and center on most people's TVs, and they do a better job of getting the game out there. Yep. It's still weird to me when, like, SportsCenter and ESPN tweet about Yeah, like, when you watch a game on ESPN and it wraps up and then they're covering the game afterwards with, like, Scott Van Pelt. Gil McCarr was on SportsCenter, dude. Yeah, and, like, you have Scott Van Pelt talking about the game. And even, like, even on first take, you get three seconds of of Stephen A. talking about hockey before he jumps into three hours of basketball still. But it's it's an improvement nonetheless. It's an improvement, and it's it's really exciting. Um, I tweeted this out yesterday. And I don't know if you get the sense of it because you're not in the city, but the amount of people who are just casual, like Denver sports fans um, who have been reaching out to me, like friends and coworkers being like, dude, they got a chance this year. Like, this is crazy. Like, I love that. That is so cool to me that people who don't normally watch hockey are getting a chance to watch this team potentially win a cup and get behind this team. Because when I was a kid, I remember it vaguely, the abs were the talk of the town because they were good. They were winning championships. They were the first Colorado team to win a professional sports championship. And then the Broncos won two in a row. And then the abs culminated it with 2001. Um, But the abs were the number one hit in town. And after Sackick retired and Wall retired, they understandably fell off for a little bit. And And the the lockout and everything and changing in the salary cap. It took a solid 15 years yeah, for the took. Avalanche to really break back out of that. And now they're front and center in the Denver media. And it's just really cool to see. Um, I hate when people are like, oh, like, why are we gatekeeping this? Like, this is cool. This is a once in a lifetime experience. Right. I, like, I hate the people like, oh, you weren't a fan back when they were the Nordiques or you, you weren't a fan back in 1996. Dude, I wasn't even born. Yeah. 
like it, it's not a bad thing to have more fans of your team, man. Like I will never understand people who get mad that um, casual people are watching hockey. That's good for hockey. Right. Like, that's a that, good, you want that. That means salary cap goes up and, and better good players, favorite stay. players stay like, yep. this is not a bad thing, but people, they just, I don't, I've never understood gatekeeping and everything. And like, Oh, well, you're not from Denver. So how are you an abs fan? You're a bandwagon. Dude, like, I, yeah, may, I don't know. Maybe it's a little better this way. I didn't live in Denver my entire life. I found the abs organically and fell in love with them organically, not just because I lived there. What, I mean, which one's better to you? I don't know. I don't think it makes a difference either way. No, it doesn't make a difference. And like, for me, the coolest thing, like when they were showing the live shots of ball arena for those watch parties, that was fucking awesome, dude. Dude, like there were a lot there of 10,000 people there. A lot of teams do those. They're not usually that full no. unless it's like the cup clinching game or Canada. I mean, Canada or, or Canada, Canada, but like, that's a different story. Yeah. And like for game three of the Western conference final, you know, big deal. They sold out ball arena to watch on the scoreboard. Yeah. It was so cool, dude. Like, I love that shit, dude. Like, that is so great for me um, and for all Avs fans. Like, I think it's great. And it's if you're a new listener to the show, welcome. You're welcome anytime to come hang out with us. We we love being able to give you our terrible analysis and terrible hockey takes that are super biased a majority of the time. But we're happy to have you. Yeah, we are in no way professionals. We are just like you guys. We're just fans who watch the team and love watching the apps play. So, yeah, and if you're, if you're new to hockey in general, ask us questions, send yeah. us a DM add us on Twitter, just ask questions. Like we want to help teach people the game and help grow the game because that's what makes like, I'm, I would be jealous of someone who just discovered this for the first time. And this is their first experience watching hockey is watching this team. That's amazing. I'm jealous of you. That sounds like an amazing experience. Keep going. Ask questions. Learn how the game works. Like, this is fun. Don't yeah. gatekeep. No. Like, there's no need to. And I I just – I haven't – the takes have kind of calmed down with it, and I think the majority of people will see it the way we I think see a, it. I think a lot of it also spurred from Edmonton. And, oh, yeah. And them coping. They're like, oh, the well, I didn't even know Abs fans existed. Like, okay, dude. Yeah. Okay. Chill out, bro. Like, it's okay. Um I do feel bad for Canada fans because Canada hockey is their number I one don't. sport and they're just getting just fucking destroyed by these. I don't American feel bad players. because it's a lot of that attitude of like, well, we're from Canada. We deserve this. That that's held them back. I don't think it's a coincidence. That's been almost 30 years since they've won a Stanley cup as a country, as a collection of what? Seven teams. Yeah. Pick, pick seven teams at random, like on a wheel. I guarantee at least one of them has one Stanley cup to have seven teams, not have one. That is correlation and causation at the same time. A lot of these teams feel they're superior and they hire based off of nepotism and former players. And they all have this attitude that we deserve this because we are a Canadian team and we bring in a lot of money for the league that holds them back. They make stupid decisions and they don't win. Yeah. I don't I mean, think it's a coincidence. I feel bad for them because, yeah, that would suck. But also they're sometimes the worst people. Also, I've never understood why, like, if you're a if you're a Canadians fan, you're rooting for the Oilers to win. Don't you want to be the team that wins it for Canada? Why are you rooting for another Canadian team to do it first? Yeah, because, like, to me, the only, like, Canadian team that I don't, like, hate is probably the Ottawa Senators. 
well, it's it'd be kind of rude to hate the Ottawa Senators. Yeah. I think they hate themselves too. Yeah, like I don't I I despise Maple Leafs fans outside of Steve Dangle. Um, Oilers fans are just the worst after this series. The Flames are just just as bad. I mean, the Winnipeg. Flames, I, I guess the Flames really trick themselves into thinking they were contenders this year. I do feel a little bad because they had the wool pulled over their eyes, but yeah, like I, I like Jeff, I like Vancouver fans. I'm more Vancouver's than, more than other, I, I like, like Vancouver. I think Vancouver fans are pretty cool as long as they're not like sending you death threats. Yeah. If, like if we, if we played Vancouver instead of Edmonton, I'd be singing an entirely different tune. Yeah. You know, Edmonton didn't light their city on fire when they lost the final. Yeah, that's true. Like Vancouver has just been such a lovable loser lately that you can't hate them. Well, when they start winning, they're going to get insufferable. Yeah. So enjoy it while it lasts. Yeah. Well, in Montreal is like the New York Yankees. They just rub in the fact that they won all those cups back in like the forties and fifties. Yeah. And like, okay, dude, but you're like, still on a 30 year drought. Like, yeah. Like it's funny to me. It's not funny because outside of hockey, I'm a Michigan football fan and we live in the past a lot because we're not very good present. I mean, we're okay now, but like, we always like to rub in the fact that we beat all these like sisters of the poor in like 1912. <laughs> and like <laughs> we're the winningest team of all time. Dude, we were, we were teaching teams how to play football and then beating them. Like right. that's it's, why it's we're like so Leafs bad. fans bring up they have the second most Stanley Cups of all time. Like, dude, you played against like six teams. Yeah. The <laughs> second the league got expanded, you never even went back to the final. Yeah. We so, have gone further than the Leafs three times since we moved to Colorado, including this one. Yeah. So it was in yeah. 1996. Yeah. So we'll take that. I mean, actually, we have a lot of Canadian listeners, so we'll be nice to the Canadian listeners. Um, well, I'm on their side. I'm saying yeah. that their management is stupid. Yeah, they probably know that. They're probably listening to this, like shaking their heads, like, "Yeah, we know." Yeah, uh, like the like the Oilers, like they're gonna keep Ken Holland on and trust him to build this team again. He lucked in the McDavid and Drysital, got him two players, and called it a day. Hey, everybody! Hope you've been enjoying this episode so far. Interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. Hockey fans, the pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. All you have to do is bet $5 on any team to win, and you get $100 no matter the result. It is literally free money. And if that's not enough, if you're looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs with DraftKings same-game parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds whenever you want at your convenience. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win, and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now, back to the episode. I did want to talk about this because it's been a big hot topic in Colorado right now. Um, the ticket prices for um, the Stanley Cup, which I think is throwing a lot of people off. Um, I'm a very lucky fan. I'm a season ticket holder. So I paid face value for mine. I got mine for 42 bucks a piece. Take a guess at what I could sell seats. You, you've been in my seats. 
you know where they're at. The seats to the left of me, you know where that family sat? Yes. Take a guess at how much the seats are. $950. Let's look it up. I'm looking it up right now. Uh, I, I, look, I looked at this yesterday, actually. Yeah. But it, it's, it, it is, is no cheaper than $900. Yeah. Um, that's crazy. That's like cool. Okay. All right. So they went down a little bit. They're, they're going for a, a whopping 876. Yeah. I'm looking at <laughs> it too right now. That is one ticket. That is one seat. One that seat. Is 354 row 14, 876. Everything else is no cheaper than $900. Dude, like I, I, I feel bad that this is the market, but also a lot of other like, a lot of the season ticket holders I know they aren't super worried about. I mean, they, that's the benefit of being a season ticket holder is you get them for face value. So um, I hope that, I mean, the barn's going to be rocking either way, but that is some ludicrous price. Maybe it's not even that crazy. What was Montreal last year? I, I imagine those tickets are probably in the. Oh man. The, the, they, when they started coming back in like the first round, I think they were like a thousand dollars or something. Yeah. Absolutely insane. Like that. Those were crazy. I mean, I, the, I have the basketball game on in front of me and they showed that like the tickets for this were like $1,100, like so double, double right the, around that price, like double the tickets for the last round for the Celtics. If, if I'm remembering the three seconds, I looked yeah. at that graphic, right. But I mean, like, this is just what, it, like, what are they going to do? Make them cheap? Like, of course people are going to buy them. Like it's just simple supply and demand. There's a massive demand for these tickets. So they're going to charge a thousand bucks for them. It's, it sucks, but it's, it's business. And this Stanley cup final alone is going to sustain this team for a long time. Yeah. And, but the thing is, is it's not even the, like people are getting mad at the abs, the abs set their prices at like for the season tickets 42. This is the resale market. Like this is what other people are charging. Right. So, and I also, I also wouldn't, expect to the, a cronky family to give any breaks on ticket prices Did you see how much money they just gave to rams players they need to make some money man. yeah <laughs> like um they'll be it's it's just funny to me and they need to make up money like i don't know if you were in tune with uh the nuggets but uh josh cronky who's like the he runs the abs he said that they've lost a shit ton of money off of the altitude deal like no shit dude like no shit you don't show the fucking games yeah like <laughs> People can't watch the teams. Yeah. You think so, that's stupid? Yeah. Like, and that's, it's my, my favorite thing or my least favorite thing about all of this going on is like, people will blame the TV personalities. Like they're the ones at the negotiating table. It's like, right. no, like, dude, like they're, they're just there to do their job. And they yeah, do yeah, like, why are you, what are you yelling at Rycroft for? <laughs> yeah. Like he's not the one who's negotiating at the Comcast table. Dude, John, like John Michael Lyles just shows up to work. Like I don't, he's yeah. not talking too cronky. No. So that's my favorite thing is when they'll like yell at those guys. And it's like, shout out to those guys, like Mosier and Vic Lombardi and all of them. Like they, they're just, they're public figures and no one can tweet at Josh Kroenke because. Right. Wasn't that Josh Kroenke's like first press conference in years or something I read? Yeah. He hadn't done one in a minute. So. Like that was the last time that we heard from him or the most recent time we'd heard from him in years. It will be hilarious. Like we're talking about this. It's a possibility that Stan Kroenke could win the Super Bowl and the Stanley Cup in one year. <laughs> like couldn't, ha- couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Yeah. But. I mean, he's, oh, I got to, I got to be professional. It's E Stanley Kroenke. Sorry. Sorry. Mr. Kroenke, if you're, if you're listening to this, I apologize. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, the abs need to make some money and they, they they've earned that right. And if you're, I'm not going to say you're not a true fan if you don't go to these games. No, like, no I don't not even all. a little bit, not even a little bit. Yeah, I mean, like, it's just, it's the unfortunate reality of the Stanley cup final ticket prices are going through the roof because it's just supply and demand. They're, supply going, and demand. they're going to sell out the games. They're going to sell all of those tickets and they're going to make a shit ton of money. Yeah. They're going to make shit ton of money. But here's the good news for abs fans there. I've seen in the past couple of years too, the amount of watch parties that have gone on at bars and how popular those are. Like you have so many options now that are not going to cost you $950 to go to a game. Like we've been to DMVR. We saw how exciting that was for a second round. I don't know if you saw the videos of the. Oh yes. I paid very close attention to those. Yeah. Like the, it looked awesome. I mean, Raj has thrown a couple watch parties at an awesome venue. Like there's a ton of great places to watch games. Um, so if you can't get to the arena, go to one of these bars, go to one of these places. They're doing these watch parties. We can assure you they are a fucking blast and it feels just like you're at the game. Like DMVR. Like I felt like I was in the crowd. Yeah. I mean, there, there were times at DNVR where I, it felt more electric than the game itself for a little, like when you go to a game, like there are times those stretches where like nothing's happening. Everything's kind of dead. People are starting to check their phones a little bit. Like at, at DNVR, like I was standing, I think the entire game. Well, we didn't have also, a seat. Also because I didn't have a seat. But yeah, I mean, regardless, there's a, that small little detail. I wouldn't have anyway. Yeah. Like it, it's truly like you can find a ton of great places to watch games. So if you can't afford the $900 tickets, which I'm going to be completely honest, if I wasn't a season ticket holder and got lucky, like there's no chance in hell I could afford going to one of these no. games. Zero chance in hell. Um, so just check that out, but don't get mad at the market like there's the, the market is itself like there's not much you can do about it right like it, it, it's, it's a championship final. it's a bunch of billionaires bickering over millions like yeah. it's it's the unfortunate reality of the world sometimes and we're all just caught in the middle for three years the only thing you can get mad at is they've uh they've jacked up the park uh parking prices mm-hmm. for the playoffs that, that it, you can get mad at that you that, can get mad about it was stupid. it was twenty dollars for a majority of the year and then when we went to game two of the Western Conference final, I think it was up to 35, which still isn't bad, but but it's, it's like, come on, man. You're almost doubling it. Right. So, like, what do you want us to do? And then I need to know, um, you got a chance. I, did you get a chance? My favorite thing about going to Ball Arena, um, and I still have not gotten this lady's name. She is one of the parking attendants that guards the Camry lot, which is where if you have a parking pass, she's been there every game. And I don't know where, I don't know if she was on vacation, but she was not there for games one and two of the Western Conference Finals. And I need to know if she's going to be there. That is the highlight of my day before the game starts pulling in and talking to her. And I need to know if she's going to be there because I need to know her name. And if I could get her on the show, I wouldn't a heartbeat because she is just the nicest lady. Oh, I, I would love to hear some of those stories. Yeah, like she, I don't know where she's been. I doubt she listens to the show. But she is just the sweetest lady. And the other lady that they've had doing it, very nice lady as well. But that first lady, she always, rain, snow, or sunshine, she was out there and she was not there for games one or two. So I'm, I'm hoping it was just a vacation, but I need her there. And if anyone knows her name, please send me a DM because I need to get this lady like a present or something because she is an all-time employee at Ball Arena. So I need her back for games one and two. Um Without a doubt, without a doubt, I need her. So um, I guess we can move on to the, the next big topic that isn't abs related. 
Um, well, there's there's still a couple more abs things we can talk about here. I mean, oh yeah, let's do yeah. that. I, we'll, we'll save the shitting on the Boston Bruins for the end. Yeah, because that's just the, the whole thing. Evander Kane, David Pasternak, like that whole thing. We can get into yeah. all of that. But uh, there's been a lot of discussion the last couple of days about the Avalanche t- touching the Clarence S. Campbell Bowl, <laughs> and I'm curious to know your thoughts on the superstition. Do you think they should have touched, or do you believe it's bad luck? I am the most superstitious person of all time. Like you, maybe not all time, but I'm very superstitious. Like I've eaten the same meal for every game. Like that's just the way I am. Um, But you're going to laugh because I I really don't care about that one. That one to me is just a funny hockey. I I am an advocate of touching the trophy. I think you should touch it. You earned it. And you look at the record. It's 500 either way. It literally doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, but it's one of those old hockey uh, superstitions. And I, I'm here for them. I, th- I think they're funny. Like, it's just, that's why hockey's the greatest. Cause there are those superstitions. Um, like I remember vividly because in 2001 at the all-star game, uh, they did it in Denver and my dad took us down there and we got to take pictures with the Stanley cup and I touched the Stanley cup and my dad lost it. He was like, I can't believe you touched it. The abs are not going to win a cup ever again. And they go on to win the cup that year. So, <laughs> so we, I, so we got to go back. That's what you're saying. Yeah, like if we need the all-star game in, in Denver and I need to find a way to touch the trophy again. Um, but it is one of those funny things that if you touch it, it's bad luck. And um, uh, my favorite thing, like I'm pretty sure we've all seen the video that Ruto tweeted out, the lip reading. Everyone's like, oh, should we touch it? I'm not going to touch it. And then uh, Joe Sackick comes down to the bench and everybody's head just whips around like, yeah. oh, shit. It's Joe Sackick, like they have, like they've never seen him before, and he's just like, "Dude, go for it!" And obviously, yeah, he touched. He he was gripping that thing yeah. when he won it. He's just like, "Dude, touch it, do whatever you want." My favorite thing was just had the indecisiveness. Still, like I think even when Landy went up, he didn't know what he was going to do, and then he just barely touched it. Yeah, and then he just okay, yeah, because it looked like he wasn't going to touch it, and then I, I think he just went like fuck it in his head and just like grabbed yeah. the handle, and then well, it's already he already touched it, so McKinnon just comes up. And my favorite, my favorite thing, he is gripping the trophy. The camera pans up to his face and it's just dead. Well, he told them they're not allowed to smile in that picture. Yeah, I know. But it's just, it, he had such a look in his eye. He's just like, oh, nope. We already won. It's over. You're not going to beat that guy in the final. When, no. he, when he smells the Stanley Cup, he's going to score like 10 goals. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be ridiculous. And it, that, that video that Rudo tweeted out was hilarious. It, I don't know. If, for me, like, I don't know Rudo personally, but just following him for the past couple of years, um, seeing someone like him go viral was very funny. Um, Cause it's like, Oh, I've been following this dude for like two years. And I, I wonder what he was like too. Like, I haven't got a chance to listen to the podcast, but uh, he got retweeted. Like he was on the ESPN hockey, TikTok. Like it was all over. Oh yeah. It was all over you. Like I saw it like just completely unrelated pop up in my YouTube feed the other day. Yeah and like retweeted by like, or just tweeted out by like TSN and everything and stuff like that. But yeah, like my favorite part of that video is just showing how much respect Joe Sackick's mere presence commands from the, like Nathan McKinnon, like, you know, pretty good hockey player and Landis Scott, like everyone on that team, just like, Oh shit, he's here. We need to ask him what to do because yeah. he has all of the answers. Like it's it's just very telling. Like I tweeted about this. It's very telling that Joe Sackick 
like he he's not a guy that commands re, he or i'm sorry he doesn't demand respect he just no, demands, he commands a lot of respect <laughs> i was gonna say he dem, he demand he does not de, i fuck he <laughs> he does not demand respect he just commands it based on everything he's done and he all just his walks accomplishments in. and he, he just walks in a room he doesn't have to say anything but you you know when joe sackick's there there's a certain thing where it's like I hope this comes out the right way. Like you see Wayne Gretzky all the time. Now you see him on TV, you hear him say a take you don't agree with. I feel like that kind of like takes away from the legend a little bit. And Joe Sackick is the kind of guy that works behind the scenes, never smiles, rarely ever says anything, never tips his hand. So when you do actually see him, it's like really running into like a legend and like shock and awe kind of thing. I feel like there's some, there's some overexposure with some of the other legends of hockey that does not happen with Sackick. No, it's so true. Like I remember when I met Joe, I, I, I know him on a personal name basis because my mom used to book his travel. Yeah. So, first um, name, Joey Sackick. Yeah. First name, Joe. Um, I remember when I got his autograph, I was shitting my pants. Like it was just like, you I, would be, being... I would be terrified if I met Joe yeah. Sackick. Like not like, even just like, cause I think he's going to hurt me just cause like, I don't want to say anything stupid because oh, I don't want, I don't want say, Joe Sackick to judge me. If we ever get big enough and we interview Joe Sackick, I, I think that would just be, the I don't know if I would be able to do it. Like, no, I, I just legitimately don't like, know if I could. I'd be like, what's up, Mr. Sackick? Uh, call me Joe. Uh, okay. Um, so Joe Sack, I would call him Joe Sackick. Yeah. <laughs> just like, like I would be so nervous. Be I wouldn't be able to ask him a question. I think I would cry. Yeah. Like it would, it would just be, he would leave the interview and be like, these guys are professionals. And we'd be like, no, Joe, we are not professionals. Um, but yeah, that just getting back to that video, I, I agree. It was funny just to see all of their heads turn and Joe Sackick just walks down and everyone huddles around him. Like, dude, like Joe Sackick, I where was Bednar in all of this? Where was he, Bednar? Was he back in the locker room? He was on the bench, I think, just kind of just giving his quiet little smirk and everything. Yeah, like, but it's like they see Bednar every day. Like, like Sackick, I'm sure they see him a lot, but in that moment, like, oh, he knows what to do. Let's ask, let's ask Sackick. Yeah. He the knows greatest player in Colorado this. Avalanche history, like in Quebec Nordiques history. Yeah, we'll talk to this guy. Like, yeah, um, he's got he's got the answer for us. He's got the answer. But yeah, I agree. I I don't think it's a big deal. I think it's funny that people get like that just shows you where we are in the media right now because we have nothing to talk about with the abs for like 10 days. So we're dissecting it, touching the trophy. But yeah. One thing yeah, I, I did learn from that that reassured it for me, Gabe Landeskog is one handsome son of a gun. Like, he is. Is he, he ever? He's a handsome son of a gun, man. Like, even after he just played 68 minutes of playoff hockey, he just looks like a – he's just a handsome fella. And then yeah. I, don't, I don't know if you caught this. I went back and watched the video. He just runs his hands through his hair all sweaty and then goes and shakes Bill Daly's hands. <laughs> like, that had to be the wettest handshake for Bill Daly to ever have in his life. Um but I yeah, would, he, I would pay he, for that. Yeah, he's a handsome son of a gun. And uh, there's been a lot of uh, uh, traction on Twitter that the Avs may be the most attractive team. That's where, and, I, that's where I was going to continue this yeah. conversation. The Avs, they, they are the hottest. Yeah, they are attractive. Not, it's really not even a debate. Yeah. And if there's one thing that me and you are both better at than Kale McCarr and Andre Burakovsky, our beard growth. We, we can hair. grow beard. 
That is the one thing that Griffin and I have over both of those guys. I don't know. Kale McCarr's little little mustache, it's 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 growing on me a little bit. Not it's growing, growing, on, not I growing think that got, much on him, but the little stubble that he has, he's got it's, keep, it's, it's working. It's so funny to me. Like, these guys are professional athletes, and, like, Berkey has the patchiest beard. Ber- like, Berkey's just never been able to grow facial yeah. hair. That's always <laughs> been his defining feature. Like There's, back in back in Washington, it was like whiskers. Yeah, I mean that's it's it's just funny to me because that's the one thing I can say I have over both of those guys. I can grow a better beard than them. It's not the same. I mean, Gabe Landeskog can grow a beard. Devon Taves actually grows a pretty good beard. Um, Trying to think of who else. EJ's beard is a little different. Jack Johnson, I don't know if he's even trying. Like I feel like Jack Johnson isn't growing anything. The Probably. best was the best was Sammy G's. I, it's a shame we don't get to see Sammy G's beard every night because yeah, he just like you wouldn't you wouldn't think that he would be the guy that has a great beard but he's he looks like the he looks like the captain morgan pirate with his beard (laughs) he does he really like he does and like like, darren helm's got a some clean facial hair like he gets that shit sculpted oh yeah for sure like i was joking at work today um for those who don't know i had my cfo my coo and my ceo on on campus today and I look like this. I haven't trimmed my beard. I haven't done anything since. When did the playoffs start? Almost two months ago now? Yeah, the most I've done with my beard was after I got home from yeah. Colorado for round three. Like, I just, like my, my beard, if I let it, it can, like, reach Grow on your cheeks? Of, yeah, it yeah. can reach up half of my face. I didn't bring a razor to Colorado. Yeah. So I had to, like, I had to clean it a little. Outside yeah, of no, that, I, I've done nothing. So I, it looks, I look like a poor homeless man. At this point, and I'm talking to like my CEO and she's like, oh, your beard looks good. I'm like, oh, you don't have to lie to me. Like, I know it. She's like, why? She's like, why are you growing now? I was like, oh, it's the hockey playoffs. And she goes, oh, had no idea. That's oh, a tradition. I have no idea yeah. what that means. Yeah, I just I like, certifiable. Yeah, I look like a homeless man. But uh, yeah, it cracks me up that some of these guys can't grow beards, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the, just the picture right now of everyone. Berkey's just not even looking at the camera. I mean, it's, it's most Andre Burkhoff. <laughs> Everyone's looking at the camera. You, you know, you've got the, the far left and far right side smiling. Cause they didn't get the memo. Berkey's got a grin on his face. He's just looking in the opposite direction. Like he's just looking off to the right. Everyone else is looking at the camera. He's just, you know, somewhere in his head, he's there mentally. He's not thinking straight, but I love like he's smiling. Taze is smiling and everyone on the left smiling. He got a smile from Miko and Lekkinen and everything. And in the middle is Landeskog, EJ and McKinnon. Comfer's got a serious mean face going on. In that oh yeah, Comfer's well. got that ginger pissed off beard and it's great. Yeah. You know well, who does? Like, we, we forgot to mention the, the best beard for such a young Alex Newhook. Can grow I was going to say, like, he's, he's got some facial hair. Like, you would like, not res- think that guy is. Respect, is man. Even, like, even Bo, like, it's a little patchy, but you can tell. Oh, this is funny, dude. he will grow. I don't mean this to be, like, my sister said this. He looks like, Bo looks like, remember the Chronicles of Narnia movie? Like, yeah. the, the, like, half human, half goat. That's what his beard kind of looks like. <laughs> And that's, that's not, I mean, he's 20. Like I couldn't grow shit at 20 either. I'm 28 now and I still can barely grow anything. Um, but that's kind of what I look like. I, I wonder if someone has to have had the picture because it looks eerily similar to that. I'm sure they do. Also, Frankie's got some cl- a clean beard. Well, he's got that Eastern European beard. Oh though. yeah. Like he's got that Eastern European blood flowing through him and you can tell. So 
Um, wow, is this really what our show is coming? I was to? literally going to say, like, you can tell we are reaching for some. We are. Right this now. is we this are, is where we're at. This right is, and this is the first episode. Yeah. The final. Holy you cow! Got a ways to go. So, yeah, I mean, what other topic do we have? So we can get the topic of talking about other men's facial hair. <laughs> uh, well, Andrew Cogliano seems like oh yeah, this is be on the the same ish timeline as Nazem Kadri probably not going to be available for most of the final which sucks that sucks because that fourth line was fantastic in all three rounds so far it's been out like you could make a case some nights it was the best line yeah i i'd say i said this on twitter i don't know if i said this on the show i don't think it's crazy to say that the fourth line was one of the most important parts of that series 100 percent. it was what we talked about in the preview with edmonton that like the first lines are going to be a wash and you need your second, third, and fourth line to step up, and that's exactly what happened, and it resulted in a sweep. So, yeah, and then you look at the the Oilers' defense, decimated as it was already, trying to shut down the Avalanche's top two lines and everything, and their reward, once they're done with that, is to get Darren Helm, Logan O'Connor, and Andrew Cogliano out there, who have got to be some of the most frustrating people to play against I've ever seen. Yeah, they're just workhorses, and – that sucks, but also at the same time, I kind of took that as like, we shouldn't rule out Nazem Kadri for this series. Like, yeah. It seems like there is some general optimism from the organization that Nazem Kadri will be available eventually. If we get the late start, if this Rangers series goes seven and we get the late start, there is a possibility that Nazem Kadri could be available probably for like maybe the elimination games is the vibe I'm getting maybe like game five yeah maybe I think that's that's just my speculation based on absolutely like this is also the thing we don't know what type of surgery he had we just we know we had surgery on his hand but we don't know if it was like ligament damage was it just a broken thumb like we just don't know and we don't know which hand it was did they say which hand it was uh not that I remember yeah like we don't know we don't know the severity of the injury but we'll We'll uh, we'll have to wait and see. But I took that as like maybe there's more of a chance that Nazem Kadri is going to play in the series than we're giving him credit for. Yeah, I mean, we're just like a lot of things right now. We're going to have to wait and see. It's not going to be game one, and no. it's definitely not going to be the first four games of the series. Wouldn't it be the most like Nazem Kadri thing ever though if he miraculously was back for game one? Like definitely would be, I would seriously worry about the long-term damage to his hand, but it definitely would be an Asim Kadri thing to do. I mean, I, I, I want him to play just cause he deserves this. And, but also at the same time, like, bro, you, you have a chance to make a lot of money this off season. Don't jeopardize everything by <laughs> playing in this, but yeah. also it's the Stanley Cup final. How many Stanley Cup finals are you going to play? In? Right. This is, his, this is his first one. Like, you never know when you're going to get that opportunity again. He's going to do everything in his power to come back. And he is going to tell the doctors that he is okay to play, but he's going to tell them to fuck off essentially. Right. That's it's exactly what he's going to do. And for Cogliano, I don't know. It's kind of seemed like that the language is he's on the same ish timeline. It kind of seems, sounds like he broke his hand, but, or at least something similar to it. Yeah. But I mean, here's the thing now, like this depth is being tested because you're, you're going to have to play Nico Sturm. And then after that, you're down to Jason Megna. So, I mean, you're kind of out of guys now at this point. 
So if one more injury happens, we're talking about Jason Megna being playing in the Stanley Cup Finals. In fact, there were this many injuries in, and we haven't even talked about Jason Megna or Dylan Sakura or Martin Cout or anything like that yet. The fact that we still haven't broken into that, like, AHL depth is very impressive. Yeah, it's it's impressive. It's a testament to the way this team was built and testament to Joe Sackick being the best GM in the world right now. So I uh, – the rest is going to help this team immensely. I know it's a potentially bad thing, but this team's going to get to rest up after. I mean, if, if this team was fully healthy, I think it would be a bad thing, but there, there are a lot of guys that are going to play in game one that I think need some time to heal. I mean, that, that Edmonton series, it was a sweep, but excuse me, there were a lot of close games. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there was a lot of instances where the Oilers took a lot of liberties on players, yeah. to say the least, and it took its toll after a while. Yeah, I'm still like the one I'm most excited about getting some time off. I think Landy fucked up his shoulder. I was going to say, Landy, he seems like he's pretty banged up a little bit. I think Val's hands are pretty banged up a little bit. He took a lot of slashes on the hand. And no. I mean, Berkey, I don't think he's 100%. I mean, he, he blocked that shot pretty hard in game one. And then he was still blocking shots in game four. So yeah. kudos to Andre Burakovsky. He may not be scoring at the pace he wants to score, but he definitely is providing the defensive effort. So this rest is a, it's a good thing. You can't look at it as like a rest first rest thing. A team after three rounds of playoff hockey, if you can give them as much time off as they need, they're fine. You know, and I also think for the Stanley cup final, I think it's different. I think having 10 days to mentally prepare for that is different than going from round one to round two. The well, Stanley the Cup final is a whole different beast. And we've from seen, going, go we've ahead. seen this with the Abs. They've already had long breaks, and then they come out in game one and usually beat the shit out of their opponent. Like game game one against Nashville, we beat the shit out of them. Game one against St. Louis, if it wasn't for Jordan Bennington making some incredible saves, we we essentially beat the shit out of them. Only won what two to three to two, two to one. Yeah, three to two in game one. Yeah, and then game one against Edmonton, they were terrible defensively, but they still scored eight goals. Right. So, like, I'm not worried about that. I'd be more worried, like you just said, if this Edmonton series had gone six or seven games and you have no time off. Right. Like, if Tampa and New York go seven and they jump into the Stanley Cup final in three days and we've had ten days to really mentally prepare, I think at this point it makes a big difference. Yeah. And it's I mean, a minuscule difference, nonetheless, they're all professionals and they're all able to handle this kind of thing. I think it's really just more of a conversation topic for us, but and how, how many practice days do you get in the playoffs? Like this is, a, they, they will get chances to work on things and it's much needed because with Kadri out, they did adjust in game four, but the power play, you're talking about the main bumper in the first power play. And it's going to be good for guys like Comfer or Lekkanen to get those reps with McKinnon Rantanen and Landeskog. It's going to be good for him. Right. So, and so, yeah, you look at Comfort right now, he's going to get more practice on that second role. And also just how much rest do you get in the playoffs? None. Not, a lot, not ever. And, you know, maybe in the first round, it's not always the best thing to sweep, but from going to the conference final to the Stanley cup final, you take that and you run. Yeah. 100%. Oh, she's a squeaking toy again. Uh, um, you couldn't even hear it. Yeah, all right, we're good. Um, but I agree. It, it's going to be fun. I just need it to be next week already. I just need to. Like, I've never wanted a weekend to end faster than this weekend because I just want to get to the cup final. 
I, I just want to get there, man. It's all I want to do. And we are, we are close. I think Iggy's might be telling us it's time to yeah. maybe start wrapping up. She's getting yeah. impatient. But let's talk real quick about the Boston Bruins potentially like. Do you want to do, do that now or do you want to, do you want to do that now or do you want to save that? Let's save that. Let's save okay. that. We, we've got a lot more episodes to well, go before then. Just genuine preview. Uh, David Pasternak might not be on the Boston Bruins next year. And that's very funny. Also, yeah. let's wrap up on Edmonton with Evander Kane very quickly. He wants $7 million allegedly to stay in Edmonton. And if he hits the free agent market, he wants $8 million. Um, no. No, I don't think that's a good idea at all. It's a terrible idea. And someone's going to do it. And someone's going to do it. But it I also surprised me to see the language like, oh, the, the Oilers might have believed this to be a short-term relationship with Kane. That was interesting to me. I, that wouldn't, I mean, that's the way it should be. It's the way it should be, but that seems like a very uh, smart move from Ken Holland Yeah, to t- take Evander Kane and run for a little while and then get out from under him before he does something stupid. Which is kind of, it, it's going to come. It's going to come. It's going to come. So, like but a, also, it wouldn't shock me if I we've seen in like two days they sign him to a 40 or $28 million deal. Yeah. I mean, you, you can't always believe everything you see, like, oh, rumors and everything. Like, they're going to give him like an, an eight times eight because he fits well with McDavid and Dude, whatever. And then this time it, next year, he is, his contract is terminated. If Kane gets that, Kadri's getting 10. Oh, yeah. But like, he can ask for eight all he wants. Like, yeah. sure, that could be his asking price. Nobody's going to give that to him. They'd be insane. It's a guy who wasn't able to be relied on in a deciding game of the conference final because he's an idiot. Yeah. I mean, hit the nail on the head right there, man. Like someone's going to do it and they are going to regret it immensely. And he's like, this is not a unknown thing. He's a locker room cancer. I talked about this after game three. I'm not going to reopen all that wound again because I was very passionate about it when I talked about it then, but you look at his stints in Atlanta, in Winnipeg, in Buffalo, in San Jose, and then we haven't heard anything bad about Edmonton yet, but the fact that they are not willing to commit to a guy who scored 13 goals in the playoffs tells me it might not be as quiet as it seems on the surface. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you don't sign him long-term you just don't you don't like and well maybe you do because what does it matter it's just going to get terminated in two years anyway and then you're off the hook so maybe maybe you do it to bring down the cap number until he eventually does something dumb and gets his contract terminated quite possible but if any team like dude i don't i don't see him going anywhere other than edmonton i don't know who wants him I could see like a Carolina signing him. That makes a lot of sense. And now that you've said that, that is absolutely going to happen. He's like, 100% going to the Hurricanes. He's going to go to the Hurricanes. The they can you imagine, can you imagine need... him and Tony D'Angelo in the same locker room? I can't, oh. t- I can't tell if they would be best friends or hate each other. I think they would hate the shit out of each other. I think they would too. But that makes a lot of sense. The Hurricanes need more scoring just like they needed a replacement for Dougie Hamilton last offseason, and they don't give a fuck. Nope. They so, will sign whoever they want, and they will just act like the backlash isn't real for the entire season. I'm telling you, man, that makes the most sense. Like that, like that whole thing with D'Angelo and the Hurricanes was sad and funny at the same time because they just acted like it wasn't real 
the entire <laughs> time and he's just some guy like okay i'm not gonna get into that here but yeah. i just thought it was funny and they're absolutely gonna throw some money at evander kane once he hits the market and it's gonna be a disaster jerks, and it's gonna be very funny yep they're a bunch of jerks yeah, so a bunch of jerks a bunch of lovable jerks i was yeah. right about them the whole time <laughs> right so i just don't miss i was on i was first on the train with vegas i was first on the train with the hurricanes when i like a team when i don't like a team you should listen to me <laughs> my opinions uh, are never wrong ever never. i'm always right i am smart <laughs> that's what we all say but man all right i'm happy with this first episode with nothing going on well only potentially five more to go yeah, only potentially five more to go. My windows are still here. I do not have a tree branch through my head, which is a good sign for now, at least. You know, I, I, mean, I could hang up here and then, then it happens. That's not live and that's not cool anymore. So. Yeah, that's just sad. Yeah. So, that's, yeah, that's just not funny. If it's not, if it's, if it's not in front of a camera, if it's not being recorded, what's even the point? So yeah. who knows? It doesn't even matter. But yeah, I'm, ha- I'm happy with this one. I think we did. I, I have no idea what time we started. No, but. me either. If, if you're listening to this, I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Just like every time. But I think that's going to do it for us on this edition of the... T- I also want to clarify me saying I'm smart. That was sarcasm. I know I'm an idiot. I know there's someone out there like, oh, what an egomaniac. Maybe a little bit, but I'm being sarcastic there. But that's going to do it for us on this edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Thank you all so very much for tuning in as always. <laughs> Uh, it doesn't get any less crazy looking at numbers sometimes, but again, thank you all so very much for all of that. Me and Christian really do appreciate it both. I'm working on coming back out to Denver. I don't have any dates in mind yet. It won't be for the beginning of the series. I don't think just cause like at that point we're talking like half a month yeah. and that's hard to do. So we'll see where that all goes. I'll keep you all in the loop, but I will I'm planning to at least come back for the final and be there for the eventual parade that's going to happen because they're going to win. And hopefully I'll see you all out there then. But for now, thank you all so very much for tuning in. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at GYoungsNHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore Belay. And you can follow the show at Tell It As It Is. But again, thank you all so very much for tuning in. We will catch you all next time. And let's go abs. 